What's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? It's so good to be back. Today, we're going to talk about all of the like RTVP classics. We're going to talk about Harry and Meghan and their new baby, The Bachelor, and Keeping Up with the Kardashians. A little life update. I am vaxxed and waxed. <laughs> Everyone is saying online, I think I'm too old for this. I really like, I feel like... I feel young at heart, but like, oh my God, at some point I just feel so old. But then I feel like it's such a millennial and like old late 20s person to be like, I'm too old for this. Or like, why am I on TikTok or like whatever? So I'm like, catch myself saying it. But yes, I am vaxxed and waxed as longtime listeners would know, which I'm breaking my own rule, which is like, don't talk about fight club but anyways it was so easy and I didn't have any side effects or anything like that and Canada is like super quickly rolling out all of their vaccines and their second doses and I am one happy girl it really feels like there is some light at the end of the very long very dark tunnel (laughs) um okay but let's get into it harry and megan had their baby lilibet diana every time i say it i'm like is am i saying it right i think it's lilibet right i don't know i feel like it sounds really beautiful when some people say it and then i was listening to a podcast like this morning and someone was like Lily Beth and I was like ugh, that is just not it but I feel like in an English accent especially and then like I don't know if you say it nice it's it's a really nice name I I'm into it obviously it's a a nod to Queen Elizabeth which Harry and Meghan both have a really good relationship with her I know that a lot of people are like why are they naming her after the royals when you know they they talked all this shit about them and they're trying to distance themselves. I think that they're trying to distance themselves from specific people or the firm as we learned about in Oprah's interview, like kind of the senior advisors and stuff like that. I don't think that they're trying to distance themselves from like, you know, generally being a part of the royal family or the queen and Prince Philip. May he rest in peace. I literally just forgot he had passed away. And they've said also before that they wouldn't have left if some of the circumstances has changed, but they just felt like they were kind of at a standstill on some of the you know things that they were asking for not getting help with so they decided to leave I think that if the royal family or the firm or whatever made a commitment to change specific things I think they would actually go back to it maybe in a reduced capacity or like maybe more on their own terms but I think it's really hard when It's like literal years of trauma, especially for Harry, like his whole life and Meghan, like just excruciatingly painful these last couple years to, you know, heal and move on. Like I think that they would have to make huge, huge changes for them to go back and they weren't seeing any of that. So they decided to leave. But since it's family and stuff, I still feel like they, um, you know, want to be a part of the family in a familiar way way 
familial way, (laughs) not in like a working capacity, maybe. I don't know. Let me know what you think. And I think also just especially royals that are like in line for the throne have to use like royal family names or like kind of versions of royal family names or like an aspect of royal family names in the baby's names and I always felt bad for them because you're passing down like no offense but like bad names in my perspective like Louis and stuff like that and I like felt sorry for like modern young people like Will and Kate and Harry and Megan to like have to choose these kind of like old school names but I think that it makes sense that if they want the monarchy and this family to survive that they would want you know like family names to inherit the throne is what I'm saying I guess. I was also just thinking about lately just how I was like so I've never been pro monarchy obviously especially like as a commonwealth country that has been devastated by colonization but I like loved keeping up with Kate and Will and like stuff like that and now I'm literally so anti everyone but Harry and Meghan and just thinking about the absolute like 180 I've done in the last like year or so I feel like is nuts. They also went against the norms of royal protocol as we saw with Kate you know, when she had the baby, she had to go out to the stairs with the baby and like do a photo shoot in like a full outfit. And Megan didn't do this with the birth of Archie either, but they did do like the announcement, etc. But um, like the day of or like the not the minute of, but like basically. And Lilibet or Lily was born on Friday and they didn't announce it till Sunday so that's like even one step further away from like what typical royal protocol is so it's really interesting that they're doing all of these things different. The other thing that's been like talked about a lot in the press is that she's the first like U.S. born royal, the first person born outside of the U.K. And literally, I don't know how many headlines said this means she can be the president, which I feel like is probably fine. But I just could not imagine being a child. And within days of me being born, someone has already put like the pressure of me being president on like me. Like, obviously, I'm sure Lilla Bet is destined for greatness and stuff like that but I'm like oh my god I couldn't imagine being born and it's like reading about my birth or something and it's like she could be the president and she's like I don't know a cool artist in Brooklyn or something I don't know I don't know why that popped into my head I've been watching a lot of younger lately but I don't know every all like all jobs are valid jobs I don't know I would just feel so much pressure to like succeed and what does succeed even mean I don't know (sighs) I'm clearly going through a a midlife crisis (laughs) okay the last thing I want to touch on about this is do you like when babies are given nicknames right away like basically at birth or do you like when they're like developed over time with like affection or like a fun story I just always love like nicknames I think I'm gonna say (laughs) develop over time or like came from something like 
I wouldn't want to name my kid, but I guess this is like what Harry's is, right? It's like his real name is Henry, but that's a conversation no one's having. Um, but like, was that in his birth announcement? Like, okay, his name's Henry, but like in quotes, Harry, I don't know. I just like when nicknames develop over time, but I guess nicknames can also come from like in this case, it was Princess Elizabeth's, but I don't know. It just seems weird to just like immediately start calling your child another name. I'm like, well, why didn't you just name your kid Lily then? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I am just way too picky about kids names actually speaking of kids names in my group chat one of my friend group chats today we were all talking about baby names and what we would want to name our kids and stuff if we had ideas or if we wanted kids and I'm just like always way too scared to be like yeah I'd want to name my kid this because like literally I don't know what I would do if someone was like yeah I'm not into into that and this friend group would fucking tell you (laughs) like it's not one of those friend groups that is just like oh that like that's such a cute name I like love that or whatever they'd be like oh my god I would never do that for this this and this reason or like I don't know just a lot of reactions so I am keeping my very small list of baby names to myself until the actual birth of my child because you cannot say anything once it's written in stone even though like literally people still do that which I think is like so fucked up if you think about it because it's like that's someone's name and now you're like criticizing it but whatever that's that's a issue I can unpack at a different time so I think that the big story this week is Chris Harrison was finally let go After 19 seasons of doing The Bachelor and Bachelor-related spinoffs. And know what? We just love to see it. We are hashtag fire Chris Harrison fans. We supported the cause. And really, this applies to anything in life. Like, if you think, like, what am I doing? I'm signing this petition. It's never going to make a difference. Like, it's just a drop in the ocean and that type of thing. Look at things like Chris being fired. Like, petitions happen. Conversations were happening online. The majority of the fan base was not happy and they took note and, you know, did something about it. So... If you ever think like, oh, my email to the network or my signature on this petition or whatever won't make a difference, you can always think fondly of (laughs) Chris Harrison being fired. I'm sure there's like a thousand other good examples of like doing good work or whatever, but at RTBP, um, we're talking about the things that really matter. Because this does really matter, but like, you know, you know what I mean. The things that I want to know about is every news article is saying that he got an eight-figure payout. And honestly, what the fuck does that mean? Can we just all agree to never say like eight-figure, six-figure? Honestly, what does that mean? I think it's the number of zeros on the and I straight up didn't Google this or anything. I think it's the number of zeros or something like that. Like, isn't six figures like 100K? Eight figures would be a million. I don't even know how many zeros a million has. But, like, it's wild to me that someone who gets fired for doing something disgusting 
still gets a payout. And it reminds me a lot of like the Leslie Munez CBS issue. Like it was the fucking same shit with him. And it's just like, okay, Chris obviously knows where all the bodies are buried and they wanted to smooth things over so he didn't squeal or they wanted him to sign something, I guess, so he wouldn't share all of this shit about The Bachelor. And this has just like made me double down on the rumors that The Bachelor is more like unreal, the TV, like the scripted TV show that was about The Bachelor than I ever thought. Because I feel like Especially with season two, they went like super, super off the rails. But like season one, I was like, this is really realistic. And, you know, when you don't have any like super, super concrete evidence, it just kind of fades. Or like there was that Amy Kaufman book that talked about like so much shit in the behind the scenes of the show. But like... Again, the fucking reality TV news cycle is so fast that you just kind of forget about it. And again, when a lot of people aren't coming forward with like super concrete evidence per se, I don't know, or like consistent evidence or whatever, it's like hard to envision that it's as bad as we think it is. But like this makes me think it truly is. And I think the other thing is hard because... A, at this point, all of the contestants are signing, I'm sure, I was going to say Loctite, airtight contracts and non-disclosure agreements. So we don't really get to hear about them. Plus, since they're casting relative nobodies, the contestants rely on being in good graces with The Bachelor. Like, it's so exploitative because it's like, well, technically you could just go back to your job and I guess after your contract's over, like, absolutely blow them up. But especially nowadays, nine out of ten people. And like, okay, just wait. (laughs) Some people have done that. Like, there's there's been tons of allegations that have come out from um, like lesser known bachelor people that just I feel like nobody you know has really taken seriously or it's kind of one of those things where you're like this sucks but I like what like I love the show or whatever which is so fucking gross when you think about it and and anyways I feel like 9 out of 10 people especially in the recent seasons and even when I say recent I'm like thinking The last like 10 years it's been like this. Like I would say 2009 to now, 9 out of 10 Bachelor people either go back to their job like kind of part time and do the influencer thing on the side or completely become an influencer. And I feel like that's another reason why a lot of all of this shit has not come out. And that's because they depend on being the good bachelor contestant and I just feel like that's how this show has just gotten away with so much because your livelihood could depend on the show doing well 
like they need the show to do well too because if we stopped caring about the bachelor then we stop listening to their podcasts and you know buying their shit on instagram and stuff like that they stop getting sponsorships and you know paid promo to go on beautiful vacations and take beautiful photos and we stop following them on instagram and you know so i just think that there is a lot going on but i don't know if we'll ever hear the truth and Chris being fired maybe we could have got like a scorned like Chris tell all book but instead he made like people are saying 10 to 50 million dollars which again is just so wild and he was probably like even if I do a tell all won't make me 50 million dollars so I'm gonna take this money and retire peacefully another question I've been wondering is is he still like an executive producer um because he held the title of both EP and host and he still makes residuals whenever people watch old episodes and he gets the two credits so he's still going to be making money off of the show so I think the big question for a lot of Bachelor fans is like what's gonna happen next so bachelor canada there is a few seasons of that i never really really watched it but one of my loves of my life uh kevin (laughs) uh was from bachelor canada and him and astrid are expecting a baby which is really cute baby went so can't wait to see their family grow and they're doing a bachelor in paradise in canada this year but this is all beside the point (laughs) besides the point what i wanted to say is they had a host i think in the first season and then then i'm pretty sure they went hostless after that because truly outside of the premiere like intro conversations And then, like, the reunion-type episodes. The fucking host has, like, a two-minute running time. Like, I remember I used to... I still listen to Bachelor Party, but Julia Littman, the host of that podcast, used to do a Chris Harrison running time of each episode, and she used to add up all of the time that Chris was on the screen. And most episodes, it was, like, under four minutes, which in a two-hour episode, like, that is completely wild. And I really just think that he was less of a host and more of the face of the franchise, which I actually think The Bachelor does need to replace because you have revolving leads and contestants. There's basically nothing consistent in the show except for, like, when you think of the landmark things, you think of the mansion, Chris Harrison, date cards, limos, roses, and like fun dates, I guess. And I just feel like people in their TV shows love consistency and they love familiarity. And I just feel like you need the face of it. But I just feel like right now they're doing like band-aid solutions. But I do think for the longevity of this series they should hire someone permanently I just think of like Jeff Probst from Survivor Phil Hogan Keegan I don't know Phil from The Amazing Race Julie Chen from Big Brother like TJ LaVon question mark from The Challenge just like those types Ryan Seacrest from American Idol like 
just those types of shows that have like permanent rotating casts need just like a face of the franchise I think and I think it would be nice to choose someone that actually knew about relationships because part of the hosting gig in the past was also like giving advice to the lead in certain situations when they had like a lot of turmoil like Chris would maybe do that once or twice during the season so it'd be actually cool to have someone who either knew about relationships or was part of the franchise or was a lead so they could like empathize and relate and give good advice to the person that they were talking to and I think that's why like Tasha and Caitlin coming back so much because like they can literally be like this is what you might be thinking this is how I felt and you might want to do something different but here's like my perspective or like at this point you might be feeling confused and that's like totally normal or whatever they have to say with that being said I just saw clips of Tasha and Caitlin and it looked so fun I did not actually watch Katie's premiere but I heard that it had like the worst ratings ever and I do feel bad for her in particular I don't know her that much so I don't really know if I like her or not but like that just sucks when you like (laughs) you know are the lead and like it's probably really scary and she's probably already getting a lot of hate online and then just to see you know bad ratings I would just feel so bad about myself so I do empathize with her but it's also kind of funny because The Bachelor has like literally always chosen contestants in the recent history from like the top four outside of like Matt and Ari but it's just funny the two that they chose that were like way down the pack Juan Pablo and Katie are like like Juan Pablo was a fucking disaster and Katie I think it looks like a good season or whatever but like oh my god just seeing those low ratings they're probably like fuck but you know what let's make them sweat a little bit some other like off-camera drama with the bachelor is dean unglebert or whatever deanie babies was recently on jason tardick's podcast because jason started like a finance podcast and he talked a little bit about what he was paid for his appearances on the bachelor so we already knew this but you're not paid as a contestant um, even though contestants in the past have gone to stores and been like I'm gonna be on this upcoming season of The Bachelor will you outfit me so they come on the season with like new clothes and stuff like that but the contestants aren't paid but obviously we know that the opportunities after they're on the season are pretty much endless and then the lead is paid and Dean said for Bachelor in Paradise 4 he was offered $400 a day for 30 days which is like 12 grand and then he countered $800 a day and then he finally got $600 a day and Jason said that he was offered $600 a day for Bachelor Paradise 5 with a $5,000 guarantee if he didn't make it past week one, which I think is so funny. I would definitely be that person too. Like, I need some consolation that if I get embarrassed on national TV that I have $5,000 to, like, cry into at night. (laughs) 
And Dean revealed that he was offered $75,000 for being the lead in season 22, which was Ari's season. But again, they ended up going with Ari. And Jason was offered $100,000 for season 23, which was Colton's season. And then Dean was like, I went <laughs> like fucking nuts and thought I was like hot shit for Bachelor in Paradise 6. And I asked for like $20,000 an episode and they like laughed in my face. And I was like, that definitely sounds like Dean in his uh, BIP 6 era when he was just like a little fuck boy. How much money would you need to go on Bachelor in Paradise? Because honestly, for fucking $600 a day, which now it's obviously more because we're going into what, like the seventh season now? Like that is such a good deal. It's like unlimited food, an unlimited bar. Well, actually now I think it's limited to a few drinks per hour, which is honestly probably for the best, but an open bar in the sense that you can get whatever drinks you want. You're in this like cute little bungalow. You're hanging out with like all of your friends. You get to go on fun dates and you're being paid. Like that's a pretty good deal. So honestly, it wouldn't take much. Nowadays, I'm like, I would do that. I would pay you to do the which I guess is a vacation. But like... Oh my god for not traveling for like now I don't know when I'm gonna be able to leave Canada it might be literally two years come December 2021 but it's like yes I would literally pay you to do that and you're on TV uh, so you're you know gaining fame and fortune so it sounds like a really good deal I'm not really excited for this upcoming season of Bachelor in Paradise which is filming right now by the way so if any of your favorite single Bachelor contestants is silent on Instagram they are probably at the beach but it's like Bachelor in Paradise I feel like really hinges on knowing the contestants and I just feel like I don't really know a lot of the recent contestants because I've been like one foot in one foot out of the Bachelor proper so I just I don't think I'll get back into it but I do love the off-screen drama as you obviously can tell. I also just like low-key think that the real catches in The Bachelor which, like, if you're going on The Bachelor, like, <laughs> are you even a real catch? I, I think there's been good people on The Bachelor. I shouldn't say that. But I feel like the real catches, like the Jasons, like the Tyler Camerons, like, they don't go to Bachelor in Paradise, you know? And since we know Chris is out, it has been rumored that they are going to have a rotating list of hosts for Bachelor in Paradise. So the ones are David Spade, who I feel like would be funny with like roasting the contestants and like the whole process of the TV show. But to be honest, I feel like these shows and maybe this is like a, an opinion that's like too traditional <laughs> and I need to keep an open mind. But like I feel like these type of shows like it's so nice when the host like actually has passion for the TV show. Like I am a diehard Survivor fan and it's like Jeff Probst is like always having conversations with the community like on Twitter. He has become an executive producer. He's always trying to change the show for better or for worse. 
he is so passionate about hosting like you can fucking tell he you know he's like in the water and in the sand and in the heat and all that stuff and I just love that passion like even Phil from the amazing race like he's doing all these podcasts on Rob has a podcast about his tv shows and stuff and like just seeing that type of passion and stuff I just really like when they contribute to the whole community not just like show up talk and leave and I think doing these rotating hosts like I'm sure that they had to again just like band-aid solution it but think about what happened with Tyra Banks and Dancing with the Stars like that was such a flop and I think it's because they had to like basically shoehorn her pretend interest into the show above it just being like a hosting gig and I feel like they're gonna do that with these people too like choose someone like Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher who like ride hard for this show like I don't know not that they would do this they are obviously above it but like someone like that anyways David Spade I think he'll poke fun of the show but like I don't know I'm like super meh about him and then the other rumored hosts are Lance Bass and I'm like mad at him because of the circle I felt like he treated his assistant Lisa like so shittily when he was doing press with her so I hate him and then Lil John who in my notes I literally wrote little John with like an HN (laughs) but he was on a date I think with Colton and he was like funny but again I just like what does he (laughs) really really bring and then Titus Burgess is it Burgess I am butchering like I sound literally so illiterate (laughs) on this podcast I don't think I've said one person's name right but Titus was from like Broadway obviously the Ratatouille musical from TikTok the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt show so he's super super funny and he is actually someone that I would want to see host this show but the Bachelor really said fuck women hey like they just Nope, no chances of a woman hosting BIP this summer. So maybe just the the women haven't been leaked because obviously if it's guest hosts, there's like, I think there's like 12 episodes or something. So maybe there's more people. I have no idea, but we'll find out soon enough. And DM me and let me know who you would want to be the permanent host of The Bachelor because I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head other than Tasha and Caitlin or Rachel, like any of those women from the show. But especially because Rachel has hosting experience with her gig on extra so yeah let me know who you think should be the host okay and then getting into the Kardashians there has been so much Kardashian shit lately which it's like of course it's the Kardashians but one thing I wanted to talk about was the Kardashian COVID scare so a few weeks ago a BuzzFeed article broke that Kim Kardashian might have been COVID positive after the birthday trip. So basically on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, Kim, like the storyline that week was Kim 
and Saint and North and all of her kids tested positive for COVID. And it was just 10 days after returning from her big birthday trip that Champ and I talked about for so long back in November. But the part about the TV show, because they showed like, you know, production stopped, everyone was quarantining. The part that they left out was that the timeline was 10 days after her trip. And she said it was from Saint getting it uh, from school and bringing it back to her family and the rest of her kids. And like, obviously she was caring for Saint and Saint passed it to her and the rest of her family and that it was not from the trip. But then the BuzzFeed reporter put all of these like facts and timelines together, basically saying it's possible that she could have contracted COVID on the big infamous birthday trip. So obviously a lot of questions were raised, like why didn't they go public with this information when it happened? Like they have so much influence and they could do so well with like, you know, influencing people to stay home and take COVID precautions and get the vaccine. But they've done basically none of that, I think, (laughs) during this whole pandemic. And I guess obviously it's up to them. They don't have to give us their medical information. Like they don't owe us that information. But it does definitely seem super sus that it was so close to that big trip and they lined it all up because her baby bar exam was on November 7th and she tested positive on November 7th 10 days after her trip which was like I guess end of October and I think that maybe they just got so much bad PR from the trip that they just like never addressed it on the TV show and just kind of like edited it all together to like not seem like It was from the trip. That's my best guess. And so we saw on the TV show that it was really impacting her restudying for the baby bar after she failed it. And apparently she failed the second one that she wrote when she had COVID. And I think the moral of this story is just like, don't go to vulnerable places during a pandemic and don't infect workers during a pandemic or possibly infect workers like everyone like I said everyone was quarantining after they tested positive so like I just think it's like mitigate those risks if you you know work with vulnerable people or you have the ability to stay home um which I think has just been the lesson of COVID so I'm I'm gonna move on because I feel like this conversation has happened like a million times during the pandemic and every single person who's ever you know done the opposite of what has been asked of them and stuff so I don't need to rehash it I think just what I'll say is like they are absolute masterminds at not having this leak until their tv show like that's pretty wild that they had COVID in November and kept it a secret until May And like I've said with their series wrapping up next week, it's going to be interesting to see what they do to craft their own narrative when things happen IRL and they want to craft the story about, you know, why they're the ones like 
who are in the right and everything like that. And again, it just shows you how fast the news cycle goes because no one is even talking about this, even though it was like such a big deal when it came out. Another fun Kim Kardashian story is it came out recently that Kim and Travis possibly dated in 2006 and that kind of blew up for a while and I think they both denied it but in Travis's book which I don't know if it's like an autobiography or if it came out if it was unpublished or anything and like I did not take the time to look it up you know what it's like around here but it seemed like they were in like you know the talking stage in 2006 right when Travis and Shanna were like on and off and Travis met Kim through Paris Hilton so he referenced her in the book as the closet girl which I just think is so funny but they were at a club it was like Carmen Electra's birthday party and Shanna threw a drink on her so there was obviously something there like she was obviously jealous of her for a reason so do you think that this is weird that Travis is dating Courtney now because he like low-key had a thing with Kim or do you think it's like okay that was 15 years ago they were only at the talking stage he didn't say that they like hooked up or anything like that or do you think like if someone potentially had a thing with your sibling then that person's like off limits like for sure I don't know I guess the Kardashians like those type of people run in like pretty small circles so it's probably more common than you think I'm rewatching the hills right now with Whitney and Timmy on their YouTube channel and it's funny because the people that they date and see the people that are in the city um etc are like all kind of the same reoccurring people even from like high school and Laguna and stuff like that so I'm like their friend groups are a lot smaller than I think we think they are anyways I feel like maybe in the celebrity world it's not really weird but I feel like IRL it's really like off limmy the next story I wanted to talk about was actually a wild TikTok conspiracy theory which obviously I love but the theory was from a great creator and I'm going to tag her in the show notes because I didn't look up her name. I think it's like Kardashian. It's not Kardashian Confidential, but it's something like that. But anyways, she is like a master's student, but do you mean like this like media analysis on the Kardashians and she has some really really cool ideas about you know just how the Kardashians have become so successful how they can kind of weasel their way out of any scandal and it's just so interesting to listen to so I'll leave her username in the show notes but basically she has been talking about Addison Rae and Kourtney Kardashian's relationship and it's like kind of like you know a four-part series and basically the theory is that Addison potentially could have paid to be on the show and to hang out with Kourtney So she theorizes because the show is used to promote tons of, 
you know, commodities, like the vacations they go on, like those locations, those hotels, products, other TV shows, and people. Like we saw, you know, the the psychic, the e-news, not e-news, the e-channel psychic Tyler question mark come on the show and do a reading for them so obviously like people pay for things to get on the show so she just theorizes basically that maybe Addison paid to be on the show or is paying for these kind of like opportunities to hang out with Courtney they make a lot of content Instagram and TikToks when they're together and you know everyone's been kind of questioning why would a 40 something be hanging out with a 20 something I don't even know if Addison Ray is 20 she probably is 20 on the dot right like well what would these people have in common and I think that this kind of makes sense because Addison needed to solidify her career outside of TikTok because it's like TikTok could become passe like at any moment and I don't think it will I do think it has like the stain power but when you really think about it it is one minute videos that people become super super famous on and some can parlay it to like careers that will last them you know decades like she's trying to do with her singing and her acting but like a lot of them will just stay on TikTok And then, you know, the new Instagram rolls around, the new Snapchat rolls around, the new Twitter comes around, whatever. And maybe it's not as popular and maybe you can't have a sustainable career with it. So she's trying to break into different things. And this seems like such a seemingly natural thing for her to do but maybe it is set up. And you may be thinking, what would be the payoff for the Kardashians to do this other than just getting more money? But it's also the exposure. The Kardashians have built their careers on really like uptaking, that's not the right word, taking up like cutting edge social media and like trends and stuff like that. And TikTok right now and for the last year and a half has been the trend and they haven't actually really broken into this online space they don't have any capital in TikTok and who does Addison Ray? she's like one of the top TikTok creators on the app and so it makes a lot of sense that they would want to team up with her and make TikToks that go viral and have their foot in that door as well so What do you think? Do you think that this is a logical explanation of why Addison Rae has been hanging out with Courtney? Or do you think that I have gotten a little bit too far down like the Swifty, really wild celebrity conspiracy theories uh, side of TikTok? Please let me know. I might need to be reined in. And the last Keeping Up with the Kardashians story and the last one for this episode is the series finale trailer has been released. It looks so fucking good. It's like a minute and a half. It's a reunion hosted by Andy Cohen, which like y'all know I'm a big summer house, below deck, Shaws of Sunset fan. And I swear to God, 
30% or more of the reasons that I watch those shows are because of the Andy Ho- Cohen, I was going to say Cohen, <laughs> hosted reunions. They are so good that I swear to God, I just need to know what happened in the season so I can enjoy the finale reunion. So seeing that they are doing a two-part series finale uh, reunion with with him it was just like everything I could have asked for to be honest and of course in true Kardashian form or whatever (laughs) you can tell we're an hour into this podcast (laughs) at least recording I don't know what that editing runtime is but we're an hour in and in true Kardashian form the set is like gorgeous and it's you know so well done like the Kardashians and the stage is like lined with tons of memorabilia from the TV show and from their careers, like outfits that they've worn, books that they've written, just like a bunch of that stuff. And like, I love that stuff so much. I'm such a sucker for like mementos and, you know, like cards or things that you get, you know, from traveling or whatever. Like I saw this tweet this week and it was like, do you have a box of like Doritos wrapper like (laughs) and like you know like subway ticket stubs and like shit like that or are you normal and I was like that is just so me and I feel like the Kardashians are like that too but they have like the wealth to like archive all their red carpet looks and recreate their childhood homes for their kids playhouses and for their birthdays and like all of that shit but it's like us normies don't have money to like have you know keep all those mementos or or recreate all these but they've done it and I just I'm so excited to just like take a walk down memory lane because even though I haven't kept up with the show as much and even though I have a love-hate relationship with the Kardashians, the thing that no one can argue about this family is that they have changed the game in reality TV. They have changed the game in celebrity and fame and, like, again, for better or for worse, but, like, just their cultural impact on the world is so huge and so fascinating. So... Yeah, it's a really, really big deal that it's the series finale next week and then the two-part reunion episodes. It seems really juicy, the trailer, and it seems like Andy asks a lot of the questions, you know, that we're all dying to hear about. But whether the Kardashians, like, answer them honestly is, like, another thing because we know how highly trained, you know, their media interview performance or whatever is but Andy asks about like the cheating scandal with Chloe and I don't think it's been like so explicitly asked about in an interview before so that was really shocking and he asks about Courtney and Scott and she says like the TV aspect really had an impact on their merit or their relationship in addition to his substance abuse issues but like 
couples on TV like Nick and Jessica, like the Osbournes and like those are the worst examples, but that's all I have for you tonight. But like TV relationships, the ones that are depicted on TV, like very often break up. So I get that. And like sometimes I feel like they might think that's sad. Like, well, obviously like the father of her kids and like partner of like 12 years or whatever like thinking you know if we didn't have this tv show would we still be together would scott's substance abuse issues be this like exacerbated like i i wonder and we'll probably never know but like do they have huge regrets about that I think the things that I want addressed obviously like the origin of the sex tape plagues me to this day like did Chris release it or was it happenstance like I don't know the Chris Humphreys marriage again was that all orchestrated for the tv show I feel like it could go either way and then like it would be interesting to also hear about some of their like failed projects which they probably won't talk about because again they want to probably celebrate their successes but like do do you remember Dash Dolls and like (laughs) some of their projects that just like you know fell by the wayside so I don't know it'd be interesting to hear kind of about those things but what do you want addressed on the series finale and what do you think is going to happen with Hulu I don't think we've gotten any information about what that tv show will look like which just reminded me another rumor is like maybe the Kardashians wanted to produce another kind of family tv show like theirs but with Addison's family. So that was like another like potential rumor of why Addison has been hanging out with Courtney and on the TV show. But who knows if if that's real or not. That honestly is probably more realistic. But <laughs> I, I choose to believe my other one. <laughs> okay, last thing I want to share before we wrap up is this week in Petty. I had finally got the courage <laughs> in my heart to make a TikTok. And I guess like it's weird for me to think about because it seems so natural to people and I feel like it would have been natural to me pre-pandemic and I don't know I feel like I'm just in this weird headspace lately about like posting things online and just feeling bad about like like just not wanting to videotape myself per se I don't want to say like feeling bad about my looks because that is a pretty like deep (laughs) like that's a pretty loaded statement but like I don't know just like I don't feel necessarily like I want to like videotape myself even just saying videotape myself just I feel like ages me so much but obviously if you're a longtime listener you'll notice like I stopped kind of posting on my Instagram stories and just my face I still post on there I guess and I've never made a TikTok, but it's something that I've really wanted to do. I just want to get my myself out of this funk. I feel like even recording this podcast, it's so weird when I stop doing it for like a tiny bit of time. I just get so 
like I forget how much I like it or how easy it is and I just like can't I don't know do it I don't know it's so weird but do you ever feel like that where you just like I feel like it's kind of like asking someone else like out on a date or like even like for a friend to hang out if they're like a new friend or just like sometimes putting yourself out there even if you think it's like pretty low stakes or like it's something you used to do all the time I feel like when you just get out of practice sometimes it's just hard to get back on the horse anyways I'm blabbing way too much about something that you're probably like deal with that in therapy like don't talk about that here but anyways I got the nerve to film one And I thought it was really cute. And for accessibility reasons, obvi, I wanted to put on captions. But I don't think I have the option of auto captions yet. So the only choice I had was to write out all the captions myself. So I'm like, film it. I like edit it. And and then I'm fucking like transcribing the video, you know, and putting the captions at the right points in the video and stuff like that. And I'm like so pleased with myself, just like absolutely stoked that I'm finally doing something that I've wanted to do for like a year. And I go and I post it and all of my fucking closed captioning is under like the video caption, like the video title. And, like, I know that it has, like, the template when you make, like, when you edit the video. And I don't know how I, like, didn't see that or, like, understand that. But I'm, like, fuck my life. And there is no way to fix it. There's no going back. I deleted, like, the, like, raw footage. (laughs) Which, like, again, it's, like, a one-minute video. It's, like, who cares? But it's just so funny when you, like, like, I'm going to do this. It's going to be great. You're, like... Okay, I'm finally happy with what, how this like turned out. You're, you know, doing the right thing, getting your captions on. And then it's just like TikTok is like fucking stick to something else. Whatever else you do, <laughs> uh, this this ain't it. One more thing about this and then I will move on because I am committing on air to try again. But I also still don't know why I have my... <laughs> this bee in my bonnet which again it's like I just said I wouldn't talk about this and now I'm talking about it again but it's like TikTok is why it's so popular is it's like authentic people in their fucking grout fits in bed with their like non-showered hair um just like shooting the shit with their like followers or just like even posting almost like a journal or whatever and like I still just don't know why that's something that's like tough because I used to do that all the time I guess I grew up in the era that like very polished Instagram and like the aspirational influencers were really popular whereas like you know Emma Chamberlain and now all these other like Britney broski and like all these other influencers are really have popularized like the anti-influencer influencer so that is like TikTok's vibe I would fit in so well but I don't know something is in my head and I just can't get out of it anyways this week I am petty about motherfucking TikTok it takes up all my time and then had the absolute audacity the gall the nerve to just like absolutely sabotage my first video <laughs> 
Anyways, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm hoping to do more regular episodes for the rest of the summer and beyond, obviously. Just to let you in on a little secret, I've been super Debbie Downs the last couple weeks and it's been super hard to, you know pick up a mic and like try to be funny when you're not feeling funny and you're feeling like you don't want to get out of bed and I think you understand what I'm hinting at we've talked about you know depression and anxiety on this podcast I think throughout my whole experience but it's been pretty bad the last couple months especially the last couple weeks and even though there's obviously been like some really exciting news like my vaccine and stuff like that It's been really difficult to podcast and just like be funny and, you know, do those things that I'm usually really into. So I'm glad that I, you know, just forced myself to do it and it was really fun. I hope you enjoyed it. And, you know, I'm taking steps like recording this podcast to make myself feel better, getting outside, attempting to, you know, exercise and make foods that I like to eat trying to be a little bit more social uh, but that's something I need to work on too and if you're feeling the same way as me that's totally okay and super super valid and just think about some things that you can do to make yourself feel better even if that feels like the most impossible thing to do maybe just take it one step at a time my therapist always says what is your like pain level at or like you know unhappiness level or whatever and say you say like an eight and she goes how could you make that a seven and if that seems too hard she's like how could you even make that a 7.9 so what is one step you can do to bring that scale down even just a 0.1%. I don't know. Math, clearly not my strong suit. But what is one thing that you can do to, you know, move the needle to feel a little bit better? Anyways, I love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening. The best thing you can do as an RTBP listener is tell a friend who you think would like the podcast or, you know, share it on your socials. And you can follow along with me mainly on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But as I said before, that TikTok is about to pop off. Um, I'm at RTBP Podcast. And I hope that you are safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I am ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.